am three family and welcome to part four of our bonus episode of motherhood and mental health. This is a four part series in which I spoke with four beautiful mothers who were willing to take us on a journey of what it's like being a mother dealing with a mental illness. If you are interested in seeing the video version, please head on over to our YouTube channel at my mental medication. Today, we will be getting to know Merville. Let's jump right in. So for the community out there, tell us a bit about yourself. Well, my name is Merville and I'm a married mother of two and um, to two of two, married mother of two, married mother to two children. There we go. Um. I worked as a social worker, children's social worker, um, before deciding to stay home full-time when I had my first child, my son. Uh, My children are six and seven. They're close in age. And when my son was six months, I learned I was pregnant with my daughter. And that was a very overwhelming time uh, because I just was thinking of the work that I had ahead of me to do. So having two under two was a lot. Um, I already had identified, uh, you know, that I'd struggled with depression. I'd already been diagnosed. I wasn't as aware of the anxiety until after I had my kids. Mm-hmm. So um, the way that it it's looked as far as like postpartum depression was um, feeling extremely overwhelmed and hyper-focused, extremely exhausted. As a new parent, you're already super exhausted because you don't get sleep. And people tell you like, oh yeah, you know, I mean, I stay up nights. I I know how to function without sleep. It's different. Mm -hmm. It's it's totally different. And um, so I definitely was isolating trying to trying to figure it all out trying to carry it all not really share fully how difficult it was but um i have an excellent and supportive spouse who is very helpful as long as i identify what i need um he's there and he's really helpful so um that's where that's where we are yeah okay okay so it's good to hear that you know you have that support um you know, especially in your spouse, because that's so important. Like, Mm -hmm. I I can't even imagine what it's like to do that on your own, you know? Mm -mm. So, I I do not know how single parents do. I do not know. I I say that regularly, Mm -hmm. especially if they've got a baby and if they don't have like family that's around to help. uh, I, I, I don't know how they do it. I have no clue either. So, I already know how hard it is raising a child just on any other normal day. And then you have Mm -hmm. two little ones that are also close in age as well. Yeah. So um, how is it for you like on like maybe a bad mental health day? What does that look like for you? Um, it, It feels completely overwhelming and almost impossible. So I'm waking up already exhausted. Um, and I'm telling myself, cause I don't know about you, but in the morning I'm going kind of through a mental schedule in my head of things mm-hmm. that I need to accomplish and prioritizing. So what's going to happen first and whatnot on a bad mental health day, 
Um, I, I can't even go kind of through the order. I'm trying to think of the least number of things that I could get done um, and re recognizing there's a whole lot that I'm not going to get done today. So I'm trying to motivate myself to get out of bed by telling, <laughs> by telling myself, okay, you can come right back to bed. After you go and drop the kids off at school, okay, just the goal right now is just to get up, okay, feed them as long as I can just get them to there. And as soon as I can come home, I can go back to bed. I can crawl right back in here because that's where I want to stay. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what I do to kind of try to kickstart myself. But even though I tell myself, okay, this is a day I'm probably not going to make home baked bread today and uh, start gardening. Um, <laughs> I still get very down on myself, um, cause I like the feeling of accomplishing things. And on those days, I'm really not accomplishing much. I'm not cooking, cleaning. That's, that's not happening. Um, getting showering. I mean, we can try, but <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> trying to do I'm trying to do the least like I can I can still I can still picture in my mind and remember how it feels on those really difficult days when I finally pull up to school and I'm walking the kids into school and my legs just dragging just like I'm just trying to literally just put one foot in front of the other one foot in front of the other because that's all I can focus on doing so mm -hmm. yeah. now my follow-up question to that was um during COVID, you know, with the whole stay-at-home order, everyone had to to stay in the house. Kids were being homeschooled. Um, how did how did those days look for you? Did you still have those struggles? Like, okay, like okay, I get out of bed and feed them and get them, you know, because now they're at home. So, <laughs> uh oh, no, it's okay. It's okay. I like to say on certain days, like I'll give my husband a heads up. I'm like, okay, just so you know, today I'm a flight risk. I mean, if I leave to go, <laughs> go sit in the car for a break, I don't know when I'll be back. I don't know. I don't know. I can't promise you. <laughs> so that's kind of like my joke. I'm like, today I, I might be a flight risk. Um, thankfully, during um, this difficult uh, time, I haven't had depressive episodes. And I think that's in part because I kept up with regular therapy sessions, stayed on my meds, and um, just really tried to um, be aware of my body and my needs. Um, so that meant taking breaks from the kids and maybe not feeling as guilty about that because I'm just mm -hmm. learning about listening to my body because I believe your body tells you what it needs. Right. Sometimes you need more rest. And that's something that was difficult for me to accept. And okay, so I need to rest today. That doesn't mean I'm lazy. Mm -hmm. I don't think. Um, I just need to rest today or today I, I I need to make sure I eat. I yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the biggest misconceptions about depression is, you know, for somebody that has never battled with depression or never seen anyone battle with depression, they automatically think like, oh, they're just being lazy. Like they, they can't get up. They can't do this. They can't work. They have all these excuses. And it's like, 
we're not being lazy. It's literally a battle of the mind. We literally have to reprogram our our thoughts and everything to say, Mm -hmm. okay, this is how we feel, but we have to get up and do this. Or, you know, and it's important to know that balance within ourselves um, to really, like how you said, our body speaks to us. So it's really important to know like when to say, okay, I know I have a lot to do, but today is one of those days that I need to rest. Like mm-hmm. I, I can't feel guilty. So yeah, that's biggest Absolutely. misconception. Like we're not, we're not lazy. We're definitely not lazy. And especially a mother. Like <laughs> how mothers. dare we how dare we say really? <laughs> I mean, but like yes. mothers are not, you know, and I'm <laughs> I'm speaking to mothers like I think people gonna know what I mean when I say that because I'm not trying to bash any woman out there with any kind of kids especially coming from me with no kids but a mother is just is not a parent let me say that although this is about mothers for Mother's Day parents are just not lazy like they and, and you guys have every right to just have those days where it's just like okay you know what I need a break I just mm-hmm. today's that day mm-hmm. I need a breather so mm-hmm which rolls right into my next question. Mm -hmm. So on those days where, you know, you need a break, a breather, I know you have your husband, but do you have any other outside support, you know, other than him that helps you on those type of days? Um, No, but I say that, um, how do I say? I have, I have, family that is within distance to where like if there's an emergency or something they can come and help and step in however on days that I'm really struggling I don't just trust anyone to come in and see me the way that I am when I struggle Um, it's not like I want to appear like I'm perfect because I'm not and they know I'm not but it's very it's a very vulnerable place to be in when someone comes in and they see you at your worst, you know, I, (laughs) and then I feel guilty about it. And then I feel like I still have to, you know, kind of put somewhat a face, put a face on for them. So they don't like it, like too concerned, like, no, no, I'm all right. I just, you know, need a break. And even just saying that, that takes energy to do that because, you know, when my husband comes, it's like, I barely just don't even have to say anything. I just like, I got to go to the room. I'm, I reached my limit today. And that's all I have to say to him with others. It's, it's more difficult to be that honest and mm-hmm. let them see how much I'm struggling. Yeah. Yeah. Um... So I'm not that great about utilizing my, my supports, my, uh, yeah, my available resources. It's, it's crazy how much we can relate to one another because um, that's something that I battle with. And I think it, it, if I can relate to that, I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. there's a lot of other people out there. Absolutely. It's one thing that it's like, you know, they push the issue of reaching out. Mm-hmm. I don't realize that. I mean, they, I don't think they realize that it's, it's so difficult to do that. Like it's so difficult to just say, Hey, I, I, I truly need you today. Like mm-hmm. I need, you know, and then to be that vulnerable to allow someone, like you say, you don't want them to come over and, and see you mm-hmm. in that state. So mm-hmm. that takes a lot of vulnerability to do that. 
Mm-hmm. I know like we all have our days where it's just like, I'm just going to stay in bed today. Like, I, I don't. Yep. I, 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 that's okay. I'll battle this on my own. And it's like, yes, it's not a good thing, but at the same time, it's what we're all used to. And it's like, we're already battling our ourselves and our thoughts. And then that's something completely different. And Mm -hmm. even more on our plate is to, to, to learn how to be vulnerable, to ask for that help. It's true. It's true. I just wanted to share just like a brief, like snippet of a story one time. So one particular day, just it, I could not get out of bed. It was terrible. Um, my husband, he, um, left, um, to go to church and a good friend of mine, I knew she'd be in the area and she wanted to see me. And I just kind of just didn't, I don't know if I didn't respond or I told her like, you know, today I'm just really struggling. And she came to my house and I, you know, I was a mess of tears. I just couldn't, it, it was terrible. And I just really had a moment of being like, okay, I cannot open the door or I could open the door. If I open the door, she's going to see me. It might be overwhelming to her. It might be, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to concern her. I don't want to burden her, but she, <laughs> she's like, I'm going to stand outside here until you open this door. Like That's I'm a good friend. And so <laughs> it's like, you need those friends who they're just reminding you like, I don't, I don't care about all of this mm. and how you're presenting. I got to make sure you're okay. And not everyone will do that. Not so that's an example of a friend that I can allow to see me, you know, in that, in that state, but definitely not me at all. <laughs> so. That is a really great friend, like mm-hmm. a really great friend. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Yeah. <laughs> Not everyone everybody, has that. So <laughs> right. I was just about to say we all need a friend like that. Every single yes. last one of us yes. in this world needs yes. a friend like that that'll say, you know what? I'm not leaving. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I got all day. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'll cancel my plan. Whatever. Whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and don't peek out the window either. That's not no. good enough. Like, you know. <laughs> I need to touch you. Right. I need to make sure physically I need to see you. So step outside. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So shout out to your friend, man, Mm because she's a beautiful, beautiful human being for that. Absolutely. She's awesome. Yes. So my next question for you is, Mm -hmm. um, are there any things about your own upbringing that make it difficult for you um, in your role as a parent? Uh, yes. Uh, you know, we talked about the whole lazy thing, the perception of being lazy. Mm-hmm. And I would say coming from my family, my upbringing, um, I'm an immigrant. My mother is an immigrant, uh, work very hard, mm-hmm. always working. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> she, you know, definitely instilled about working hard there was not really a message of like self-care, vacations, Mm. um, doing things just for you. Mm. uh, uh, None of those kinds of things. So it, it's, I I really have to change my, my thinking and my mindset about 
off time and what that looks like in self-care and what that looks like uh, for me since it wasn't modeled. And, um, you know, my mom definitely could have benefited from practicing like regular self-care. I think every, every, every woman, every person, whether or not you have mental health issues, self-care is not this I used to think of it like as a reward for if I worked hard enough, if I was stressed out enough and was completely burned out, then I was deserving of self-care. However, that's not the case for myself, for my mental health. I have to regularly make time for Mm self-care or else cracks start to form. And then I got to do a whole lot more work. Um, I have to keep up with it. But yeah, definitely kind of got to fight that. Um, that immigrant mindset, if you will, of like, the house has to be clean, things have to be in order, you have to be ready in case, you know, someone stops by, whether or not you have kids running around your home, you know, just Mm -hmm. be ready, stay ready, you know, and that's just not realistic. At all. (laughs) And I'm glad you said that, because I need to tell the mothers out there right now, do not apologize for the way your house looks. You better <laughs> say that again for the people in the back. Like every <laughs> time I go over a friend's house who has a child or children, that's the first mm-hmm. thing they do. You know, I'm so sorry. I'm mm-hmm. so, my, my house is a mess. You have mm-hmm. kids, you have a full-time <laughs> job. And then even if you didn't have a full-time job, you have kids. You're going to put that toy up and guess what? They're going to go grab three more and bring it right on. I know, I know. I look, just because I don't have kids, I know. <laughs> so true. Don't apologize for the way your house looks. Don't even apologize for the way your car looks because the kids are no. in there too. They're going to mess don't up do everything. It. Don't do it. Anybody who, anybody who gets it, doesn't say anything and those that say something their opinion probably is not gonna add that much value (laughs) to your life and it's not gonna help you exactly exactly (laughs) I'm that friend that I'm like want me to help you clean up like I'll help you clean up I I know it's gonna be messed up in about five more minutes but I'll help you straighten up like I don't yeah because what are you there to what are they there to show up for to, Mm -hmm. to look at your house and submit it to you, you know, good <laughs> housekeeping, like, no, they're there exactly. to see you. Right. So yeah, exactly. You're absolutely right. So that's all I've said about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's important. Yeah. Stop, stop coming down on the mothers about being clean mm-hmm. until you, you have toddlers running around, mm-hmm. putting their mm-hmm. little hands on the wall. Mm-hmm. They got the little markers and crayons. Mm-hmm. You got to mm-hmm. get the magic eraser. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. It's like, are you are you are you alive? And are they alive? Exactly. Sometimes that is all the goal that you need for the day. And that mm. is okay. It's yep. okay. <laughs> yep. At the end of the day, it's like we're alive, mm-hmm. we're fed, we good. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow's That's a new it. day. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so I just learned something mm-hmm. new about you. You're an immigrant. I didn't yeah. know that. <laughs> like when you said yeah. that, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, most most people don't. Yeah, don't know. I'm from South America. I'm from a small country called Suriname, and so yeah, so I came here at a young age, and um, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting when you're raised in an American. Um, 
community, but in the home, it's still so different. <laughs> it's, it's not American. <laughs> so different. I can it's already. Different. So it's, it's different stress and um, pressure. But I will say, I think there is a benefit to sometimes the community that comes along with when you're, when you're from another country, mm-hmm. community really surrounds mothers, new parents, and, you know, it's, they're close in proximity. They help hands-on, you know, they're the ones that come in the house like you do, mm-hmm. you know, help clean up and things like that. And in American culture, I feel like there's like pride in you just taking care of it on your own. Um, and again, if you're asking for help, if family's coming in to help you, it's almost like a sign of, of weakness or like you're dependent on them. And that's Mm -hmm. not the case at all. Um, Mm -hmm. my husband and I, we decided, okay, when the kids are born, it's just going to be, he and I, we're going to do it just the two of us. If I were to do it again, I most likely would not do that again. Help is needed and help is, should be like a regular thing that you are actually giving to families that have kids, especially new moms. Mm-hmm. I, I completely agree with you. And it's like so much I want to unpack in that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she said so much. But um, like one of the things about the American mindset and all that, and it's just like, I think one of the biggest wake up calls for me is I've never really been out of the the country or anything mm-hmm. like that I haven't traveled um to too many places but I did go on a cruise a few years back nice. um to Mexico and every worker er- every employee on the cruise was from somewhere else they were mm-hmm. not from America mm-hmm. and luckily I was with a friend who can speak Spanish and she mm-hmm. was speaking to some of these people and there was people from Honduras Mm-hmm. There was people from the Philippines. There was people from like all over. And then they're like, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I, I work here because I'm trying to make money for my family. I'm trying mm-hmm. to feed my family. And that was just such an eye opener for me, how Americans are just like, how you said, selfish really to their self has this really like this ego, like I, I can do it on my own, you know? Mm-hmm. And community is so important because I'm here I am meeting people that's from all over the world and they're leaving their families for six months at a time just to make ends meet to bring it back to their home to survive like that was huge to me absolutely America like because when I was younger I was like why they always calling America like we're not lazy but now when I'm that I'm older I'm like We are kind of spoiled and lazy out here. <laughs> Not gonna lie. It's just, it's just different. It's it's just different. Man, yeah. it's very different. But yes. that that's one of my goals is I want to travel all over and and really mm-hmm. see the different cultures and what they do. And like mm-hmm. I, I'm a big like I'm big on community, which is why mm-hmm. I, I'm doing what I'm doing because. I just want people to, even if they don't know each other, like, Hey, you know what? She might have a resource or something that I can let me reach out or vice versa, whatever. Like I'm really, really big on that. And I'm just curious to see what's out there in the rest of the world. Yes. There's so much to see. Man. So (laughs) I completely agree with you on just everything you said just now. (laughs) 
Okay. Um, are there some things you find difficult and wish you had more support with in your parenting role? Hmm. I wish when I started, when I started out, when I was first a mother, that I would have connected better with other mothers. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying that everyone that I knew that had children was deceitful. However, <laughs> there was so much that I did not know. And when I would then speak to some mothers, they're like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, that's how it is. Yeah, I haven't slept in days. And yeah, I haven't, um, you know, this or that. And I'm like, so everybody knew, but just didn't say anything to right. all the people that like you didn't bother mentioning. Okay. So <laughs> I'm, so now I'm the person that when someone, you know, decides to share their exciting news about, you know, they're going to start a family or they're having another child or another child and things like that. I'm, I'm not the friend that you want to tell um, if you're like needing the, yay, yeah, this is going to be so awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for you. But especially if you're a first time parent, I'm like, come and talk to me when you want the real deal. I'm happy okay. for you. You can do this. It's going to be a journey. It's going to be amazing. However, there's just so much that people don't tell you. So when you're ready for that, then come talk to me and I'll, you know, talk to you about all the changes your body goes through and then hormonally and your relationships, how they change and how, you know, mommy guilt and and, and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so perhaps if I had, you know, just connected better with like a group of mothers or something maybe beforehand, perhaps that could have been more helpful, but I just try to be the, I try to now just be the support and help that I wish I had when I started out. And I just try to be really transparent. And, you know, my friends that have had children after me, those that I have shared with, they really appreciate it. And they say the same thing, like, I didn't know. Or they're like, wow, I didn't know you were dealing with all that before. You know, I just had no idea because no one says anything. So I don't know why we have like this badge of, I, I don't know what it is of, of, of strength or secrecy that we have that, oh, it's manageable. Women have been doing it for centuries. You know, you hear that, but it's like, um, yeah, they've been doing it, but they've been struggling for centuries too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is so true. And it's, it's crazy how that connects to mental health. Like mm-hmm. it, it, the mental health community is the same way, the same mm-hmm. way. Like we're just now starting to discover, you know, these diagnoses and, and, and the fact that the older generation, you know, mm-hmm. really don't see it, but it's mm-hmm. actually in our generational bloodline. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, maybe you guys weren't diagnosed with depression or maybe mm-hmm. maybe you guys weren't you know you didn't know all this back then or the information wasn't back then but looking at what generations and generations before us have gone through mm-hmm. you can imagine how it was like in the household and everything mm-hmm. else like yeah like you guys been struggling for for quite some time and, mm-hmm. and community is important for both groups for both sets of people both mental health and motherhood and um, we need more communities like that 
mm-hmm. need more. We we definitely need more because especially, well, I wouldn't say especially for motherhood, but like you guys need all the support and help you can get, you know, because uh-huh. being a mother is a tough job. It's a it's a it's a tough job it's a wonderful and beautiful job mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. It, it's so it's so tough so, <laughs> <laughs> I see what my mom is going through my grandmother and my aunts and everybody else and I'm like yeah that's why I'm about to be 36 with no kids because uh, <laughs> hey, hey I will never be the one to pressure anyone into having children I'm like whenever you're ready if you decide mm-hmm. if it's mm-hmm. for you it ain't for everybody and that's okay it don't it doesn't mean you're not a woman it doesn't mean exactly. you're you know being selfish it does because we need I mean you know I'm not saying anything about you or your future perhaps you'll have children but uh we need aunties of the world you know perhaps those that opt not to have children um mm-hmm. help out mm-hmm. so there's that I'll help all day <laughs> long all my friends and family they already know like they can call me and I'll be like okay well what day you need me all right let me rearrange some stuff I'll be there like they already know and I can't imagine me trying to do that with you know like okay well you know I got a little little baby here like so (laughs) you are awesome because not and not everyone sees it that way like as an opportunity to help and lend support so that's Mm -hmm. that's beautiful that that's that's how you see it yeah, I, I try yeah. as much as I can. And my favorite thing to say is, you know, I always love to help and I always love to have, you know, my nieces, nephews, all bring them on over. You know why? Because mm-hmm. I can give them back. Back. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. I can you give them can. back. <laughs> yes, you can. Like, okay, that was fun. <laughs> fun few days. Now go, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> totally get that. Yes. Oh man. Okay. So what are some ways that you try to stay connected with your children? Uh, my, uh, my youngest is very much, um, a child that wants you to engage with her. It's not sufficient to just kind of be around. She -hmm. wants you to be looking at her, you know, you have to be actively paying attention, have a back Mm -hmm. and forth. And she's been like that since she entered this world. So uh, that's a lot. But I've learned that, okay, I maybe I can't give her that full engagement all day. But I just try to focus on the quality of time I give her for like a duration, mm-hmm. instead of just like quantity of all day long. So we'll have periods of time where I just will let her talk. And, or she likes my ask her questions or just have like, you know, dialogue back and forth. She's six going on 26. Um, <laughs> she just likes to talk and, you know, engage like that or, you know, wants to play a game. And so we'll do that. But um, I have a limit of how long I will do that for. Mm-hmm. And so I'll give her a, a, a small like chunk of time. And in that time, she's it. We're here. We're focused on each other. And then I have to, you know, then disengage and, you know, do what I need to for myself. Um, (laughs) So that way that can, that can meet her needs for those periods of time. And with my son, he, he likes to be close by in proximity. He doesn't necessarily need me to engage with him. Um, 
I think part of that is also because he's on the spectrum. And so he preferred to kind of just do things solo sometimes, Mm -hmm. but he likes me to be there with him. So, you know, he's, he's seven, but right now he's like obsessed with the periodic table of elements. So he's like learning all the elements and things like that. He's special. He's smarter than me. Uh, And so on those, you know, those times, you know, then I'll sit nearby and I'll be working on my puzzle or I'll be painting or something, or, you know, um, I'll engage with him about what he's interested in and I'll let him tell me about it for a while. But then I have my time where then I have to take a step back and take a break. And I have taught them that mom needs breaks sometimes. And that was not easy to do. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, when I first started doing that with my daughter, like she would just, just walk away with the shoulders down and the head Mm -hmm. down, walk back down the hall. Like, I just, I just need a couple minutes. Can you give me just a couple? Okay. But now she's like, oh, you need a break. And then she'll, then she'll close the door and, you know, mm-hmm. and she'll, she'll give that to me and it's wonderful. And then I am also teaching them sometimes you need a break and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And so now they're able to do that as well. Um, but it's, it's a lot because as a parent, you're pretty much always on. Yeah. And so you have to figure out um, how much time maybe you need to yourself to mm-hmm. where you can kind of just do something for you or where you can kind of just turn off for a little bit. For me, I tend to, I feel like I need more time than some people. Like I need more time than my husband does. My husband can just sit and just play with them for hours. They have fun. I'm like, I can give you like a tight uh, 10, 15 at a time. Yep. Uh, <laughs> that's what I can give you. I can give you a couple rounds of Uno and then and it took time to not feel guilty um, for that. I feel that moms have a lot of pressure and they're mm. always thinking of their kids. Not that fathers don't think about their kids. My spouse, he's excellent. However, I just feel like the pressure um, and the expectation is just different for mothers. Like you have to always be thinking about your kids and what's best mm. for them and what you're going to do for them, what you're going to do for the family and how you're going to make it better and for the future. And it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a whole lot. That's why I said motherhood. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. unpacking all of that. Like, yeah, like it, it's motherhood. Like you said, it is a lot a -hmm. whole lot of people with Mm -hmm. out children I don't think we really understand the the you know all of it like we can try to but Mm -hmm. it's not until like you have your own you're just like so this is what they were all talking about like Mm -hmm. yeah when they would tell you like you'll never sleep the same again or your life will change yeah it all, it, it completely changes. And that's, mm. that, that's hard enough. It's hard enough for any person. Um, yeah. So at what age were your, were your children when you finally had that talk to them, um, talk with them about, you know, mommy needs a break. Takes a break. Um, I think my daughter was about, let's see, I think she was about five. Yeah. It took, it took a while for me to kind of really tell them because then I just felt you know I felt guilty taking Mm -hmm. that time even though they you know they're okay for some minutes by themselves they're (laughs) right you know um or you know I'm just in my room and the doors open I can you know hear you know if there's an emergency 
But yeah, I would say my daughter was about five. My son hasn't, he'll, he'll give me my breaks, but again, he's not the one that constantly needs like the constant engaging all the time. So mm-hmm. it's a little bit different with him. But yeah, that, and that only happens like taking the, telling them that I'm taking breaks with the help of my therapist, because I'm like, no, but then they need me all the time. And she's like, okay, but I mean, what you going to (laughs) do, you need a break, right? So then how are you going to take a break? You have to teach them. Right. So, yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. Mommies need breaks too. (laughs) Yes, they do. Mommy needs breaks. Mommies need uh, a day out. Mm-hmm. Mommies need vacations, even if mm. it's just for a day. <laughs> mm. All of that. Yes, they do. I'm not All the greatest that. with that. We're not I'm not the greatest with that. So we'll just we'll just skip right over that part. But um, <laughs> yeah, you know that's a goal. That's a goal for the future. Yep. You'll, you'll get there. You'll get there <laughs> yes. one day. I, I still struggle with it, so it's fine. Like yes, <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. So let's close out with mm-hmm. advice. Is there uh, any advice, um, tips, anything that you can give to all the mothers out there that are dealing with the, you know, similar situations that you have and are dealing with? I do. And I have a couple I did write down okay. because I didn't want to forget um, the first thing is to remember your community is out there. They can feel isolated. Like, oh, I'm the only one dealing with this. You're not. Most likely you, you absolutely are not. So community is out there, you know, whether it's like a, an online um, support group or sometimes there are, um, you know, uh, mommy and me um, play groups or something, or like I used to do um, library um reading time like there are times when you can come and bring your baby or your toddler to the library and you know it's a short period of time and in that time though you can discover your community um to remember to do what's best for your family sometimes it's best to not tell everyone how you run things with your family because Mm. they will impart unsolicited advice and sometimes unsolicited advice is helpful but when you're already overwhelmed, if it's not, it's not always, it's not always helpful. Mm-hmm. So you know what works for your family, for your child. If everyone is different, if every, if every um, partnership is different, if every child is different, then how you choose to, you know, do what's best for your family, it's going to look different than perhaps for another family. And that's, mm-hmm. it's okay. Um, I think I already talked about like, practicing self-care but it's like a mindset you have to like remember that you have to practice self-care and instead of only just pouring every single ounce of yourself into your family and your kids you will be empty and you will have nothing to give your family if you're you're empty um when it comes to postpartum after you have a child, after six weeks, you have your first um, appointment with your um, your OB, your gynecologist, and they just check, you know, like they clear you to resume certain activities, um, you know, whether it's like exercise or sex or, or things like that. They're also supposed to screen you at that time to see if you have postpartum depression. And 
especially after having my daughter, I knew something wasn't right with me. Um, and I was really struggling. And I just told myself like, okay, I don't quite know what to do, but I, I know that if I can just hold on until my six week appointment, then the doctor's going to screen me and um, they're going to give me referrals and determine if, you know, I'm losing my mind or if I've just, they'll be able to help me. My particular doctor, he just kind of skipped right over. He didn't say anything. And I was, <laughs> wow. it's difficult to ask for help. And mm-hmm. so I just remember feeling just so dejected because I'm like, I'm just not good at asking for help. He didn't offer. Mm-hmm. So what am I going to, how do I bring it up? Like, should I not bring it up? What should I, and I didn't say anything. And so it just built and it got worse until I finally ended up getting help way later than I I should have. But your doctor is supposed to ask you those questions. If they don't at that appointment or even after, because you can make an appointment anytime, really, to be asked to be screened for it. But if they don't bring it up, bring it up to them because they are they are supposed to do that. Um, Another thing that was really great for me was having at least one accountability partner, someone that knew how much I was struggling. For me, it was the same friend that came to the door and was like, I'm not leaving until you open this door. And so that's the one friend that at least I can be honest with and share like, it's really hard because you can't just say it's really hard to just everybody because a lot of people they can't take it. They're uncomfortable. They want to remind you like, yeah, but you should just be so thankful for this blessing. At least you're able to have a child and it won't always be this way in the moment. That's not helpful. I get it, but it's just, it's not helpful. Right. at all. You need somebody that you can be honest with vent and someone who knows where you're coming from. Um, yeah. Um, so two last things. One is to stay off social media when you feel overwhelmed because when you're comparing comparing your situation to someone else's highlight reel it's torturous it does not help when you're in the thick of it you can't remember the last time you showered you know you're hungry you've got stuff to do don't be looking at Susie Q and how she made her children's clothing Mm-hmm. And, you know, started a business during the, it, it's, it's not, it's not helpful to you. It's not beneficial at all. <laughs> at all. <laughs> and lastly, I know it's like a lot of Oh, no, no, this points, is good. But, but lastly is to let people help, you know, provided you trust them and they're appropriate, but let them help. Even if it's not going to maybe look like the type of help that you would give to someone else. What I mean is like, you know, maybe your your cousin or brother or mother-in-law or something wants to come and help out. And you're like, oh, no, I don't really, you know, no, it's okay. Um, Because perhaps they don't take care of your children the same way that you do. Or maybe they do things slightly differently than you do. And so you're like, no, I just rather not let them come and help because a little bit of help, it matters. And it, mm-hmm. and, and you just, you deserve the help. And when you don't let other people help, it also, um, you're also preventing them from kind of forming their own bond with your child in a way. Right. Um, and again, 
if 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 the relationship is someone that it's appropriate and things right. like that because I've noticed like okay if you know I just am the only one to take care of my child all the time then when they see auntie so-and-so and then they don't really know auntie so-and-so they don't really like know how to interact with auntie so-and-so because you never let auntie so-and-so come and help out mm-hmm. and that's an added blessing for both of you for them to develop a, you know a bond with someone you also care about mm-hmm. so yeah let people help because child I didn't let people help and I should have just done that so much more so please learn from from my my mistakes when you know better you do better so I'll right that there. <laughs> and that concludes the motherhood and mental health series thank you so much for listening and please be sure to check out parts one through three to get to know the other ladies special thank you to Amia Diamond Vivian and Merville for sharing your journey with the M3 community much love to you all Take care, M3 family.